What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast. My name is Ethan. And my name is Derry. <laughs> you forget to say that for a second. <laughs> nope. I just am mad. <laughs> you said, my the, name is Derry. This video like, we're about to go over has got me oh, hot. I know, bro, right? <laughs> okay, so as promised, um, last week we ended off by saying that we're going to be responding to this TikTok that just is an atrocious um response or, or explanation of scripture um now i would, I would you, yeah i would laugh at it if he didn't look different like if he or, if he, or sorry if he did or if, look he looked, if he did yeah like if he looked like more goofy or not like if he looked less goofy i it would be funny it would be a funny video yeah but he's but because yeah because he looks so like like he looks like a predator i i oh don't my God. like i take it seriously Ro- the guy it's just crazy yeah well yeah we'll get into it here so we'll just right now let you guys watch it's three minutes so try to make it through the whole thing if not if not just skip three minutes ahead but you should watch the whole thing so you can get the context of what we're saying yeah yeah. what if i told you that our entire bibles are inverted they're twisted you see what christianity tells us today is that yahweh is the good guy in the story and Satan, or Lucifer, is the bad guy. But is it possible that in actual reality, everything has been twisted, everything is manipulated? Because Jesus did say it was about a remnant. Jesus did say that straight and narrow is the way that leads to life, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Few there be that find it. You see, according to the commandment of Yahweh to Moses, he told him to wipe out all the Amalekites, then take the virgin girls unto yourself. Numbers 31, verse 17 to 19. Most people will try to say, oh, that was Nephilim DNA. That was Nephilim blood. Yeah, then why did Yahweh tell Moses to take the virgin girls? And why is this important? The reason why is because when you look at it and when you begin to see it, you will see none other than mass genocide. And by the way, those little virgin girls... They had Nephilim DNA as well, but they weren't wiped out. So don't try to use that excuse. But let's go ahead and get more into this. So here we go. So I want to direct you guys to something very profound, something very enlightening. And it's going to prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt that Yahweh was Satan. If you go to 2 Samuel chapter 24, it talks about how Yahweh told David, he provoked him to number Israel, take a census. What does that word provoke mean, though? It means to tempt. So, in other words, what we're seeing here is a direct contradiction to what Jesus said, let the Father not lead us into temptation, what James 1.13 says, where he talks about how God tempts no man. So what we are seeing here is a contradiction. Now, let's go ahead and look on top of this. In 1 Chronicles chapter 21, It doesn't say that Yahweh provoked David to number Israel. It says Satan provoked David to number Israel. So you guys choose one or the other. But clearly, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Yahweh is a jealous God when the Bible specifically tells us that love has no envy, love has no jealousy. The Bible tells us that the Father is perfect when Yahweh says he creates good and evil. But guess what? That's for you to decide. But as for me, 
I will serve the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm telling you right now, it wasn't until the veil was torn that you would actually know who was the true God and who wasn't. God bless you guys. I love you. You have a great night. All right, three minutes is up. Yep. Magic. Time still. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to go through this. I have, I spent way too, I saw this and I wanted mm. to try to make a TikTok reply alone. But then I was like, I'm not going to fit all that I want to say yeah. in this. I was like, maybe I'll yeah. make it a little short video that I'll just do because I have a lot of time on my hands right now and mm -hmm. Gary's working. And then Gary and I are like, well, why don't we just do the whole episode about it? Probably not going to be a super long episode. Just want to get like mm -hmm. really straightforward response to this for you guys. Um, yeah. If you want more information on this as well, check out Inspiring Philosophy. He, by the time this comes out, he'll have put out content on this already, mm -hmm. but we're recording this before he's put out his content. We just know he's putting out his content. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you want more explanations, inspiring philosophy is a great resource. Yeah. I like to start off by saying that where does this guy live? He's like on a farm Tennessee. that's like next to an airport or something like but that. <laughs> because that's he doesn't like have a southern accent. Noise. It could be, it really could be the Midwest, bro. He's literally, he's on a farm. There are goats in the background, but there's also airplanes flying over at the same time. It could be literally any place in the Midwest that has an airport. I guess, yeah. Just like weird. The Detroit airport has like farms not far away from it. Yeah. Nice. Like very close. Um, well, firstly, you know where he lives. Firstly, sorry, Derek, for my notes, I got to cover up your face. So oh, uh, maybe I'll, I want to see, I'll cover my face. I don't need to see my face because I need to see if you okay. are going to say something and interject. There we Sounds go. Um, yeah. So first off, he says, what if I told you our entire Bibles are inverted and they're twisted? Ooh. What do you say? Sexy. Good idea. <laughs> Let's get into it. Good thing. Good thing or not. No, you're wrong. <laughs> um, and then he talked about Jesus talking about a remnant. Um, I don't know how that means that anything's like exclusively twisted. Yeah. Those two don't aren't relatable in my mind. I'm like, that doesn't. The, the video as a whole is so confusing to me because he continually pits God against God's word. And I'm so confused, like yeah. as to like how how is Yahweh like also like inspiring people to write stuff down against him? Well, that's like, what I think he's saying. I, I think he thinks that the God the Father inspired it, but Yahweh, I think he he doesn't believe Yahweh is God the Father. Oh, weird. he thinks Yahweh is Satan and God the Father is God the Father because he says and remember I at the very end he said something like I choose to oh, follow how ignorant of all of history I, do you have to be to believe that well here's the thing like just read the bot this is like okay first off guys just uh, we're clearly upset about this maybe we'll go longer but it's, like, it's just so once. it's so infuriating because it's so <laughs> wrong in so many different places I it's know. like someone just read the bible and just was like someone tasks this person like in some random conspiracy class they're like look we're looking for conspiracies today read the bible you got 20 minutes come up with the conspiracy in 20 minutes and let me know what yeah. it is and this is what he pumped out and guys the reason it's dangerous is because this man has a hundred thousand followers on tiktok it's not yeah. like some nobody who's just coming up with this stuff. The, his whole video, though, reminds me of how people say, I put all these things into a bot and had it write a story. It's yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. what he did. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically, like you guys saw it, right? He's saying that 
God, Yahweh is Satan because Yahweh told Moses to kill. He says the Amalekites, which oh, there's the so verse, many different weird topics read, in this video. Please read the verse. It says Midianites. Now maybe yeah. some passages say Amalekites, but I checked a couple a couple different versions and they all say Midianites. So one, please just read it. Yeah. Okay. And there's like so. Do you want to talk about that? We we can talk about that a little bit. Um, why did God decide to cause genocide on the Midianites, you know? And that's that's some that's a real if someone says to me, Hey, I was reading the Bible and it looks like God commanded Moses to destroy everyone except the virgins of the Midianites. Right. Can you help me explain this? Right. Down, let's get into it very quickly. Because right. we're gonna we want to keep trucking. We want to give us a really content-filled episode. Um, yeah. first off, I'll just read my bullet points straight off. Yeah. First, it's the Midianites, not the Amalekites. Uh, second, I'm not even going to talk about the Nephilim part of it because he said it's so dumb. Like, why are we getting now? Yeah, I believe in the Nephilim. I am one of the minority who think that the Nephilim are the offspring of the demons and angels. It sounds fun. Yeah, it has nothing to do with his point. Right. You can't like you can't like disprove it biblically. So that's why I like it because people say that's not true. I'm like, but you can't tell me I'm wrong. We do. We don't know a lot Mm. about the Nephilim. So I kind of like it because it kind of gives them explanation Mm -hmm. things. People do say that I have heard that these tribes were offspring of that, which I, I I forget where that goes back to, but I think there's a verse that does talk about that. But even then, I don't think like there's, I'm not, I'm not even going to address it because the Bible doesn't address it. Mm-hmm. Am I, am I yeah, slowing down? It sounds like some popping in my ear. No, you're fine. Okay, cool. I want to make sure yeah. we're good. It's all conjecture. Like, I think, like you said, most people think that, uh, you know, the sons of men were just humans and just giants and not actual like, like demon children, right? But there, there is a minority that does think that, which is fine. You can, the Bible doesn't speak to it a lot. Um, but it doesn't at all have anything to do with his point. I'm yeah. so confused is why we brought it up. Right. So we can, the whole Nephilim thing is another topic, but that's yeah. not even, because he's like, he's like, and if they had Nephilim blood, then why did God let them keep the virgins? See, God wants right. this, or this, Yah, this Yahweh character wants them to sleep it's like well okay hold on let's look at the passage let's read the whole bible the whole book mm-hmm. the whole context and figure out what happened it. so f- first off you gotta notice that israel didn't start this war israel didn't just one day wake up and god's like hey go kill all of them that's mm-hmm. not what happened this nation was conspiring against israel hiring their prophets or a prophet of yahweh to try to get him to curse israel and he kept saying Hey, I can't curse Israel. Yahweh doesn't want me to curse Israel. Mm-hmm. He's like, but if you want to curse, if you want Israel to go through bad things, you should get them to have your women to sleep with their women because then you're, they'll start worshiping those gods and mm-hmm. that will incur the judgment of God, which is true. God said, if you fall into idolatry, there's going to be judgment on Israel. And there was. Such a strange you know, prophet. You know what I mean? Right? So he's like, he's like, yeah, I Sorry, God, but I'm also can't God. curse Israel. God said no. But also, if you want to destroy him, do this. But I'll sell him out to you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. He also yeah. had his punishment, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and so this nation starts attacking the other na- uh, Israel. And Moses is like, hey, what should we do? And God's like, hey, here's what to do. Now, it, someone raised the point. I don't think this is a very strong point. But they did say, now... It doesn't say that God told Moses to do that, which it doesn't necessarily say God mm-hmm. said to go genocide. It says Moses and his wrath told the people to do this. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't assume that was informed by Yahweh. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. it seems in the text that it would be uh, uh, informed. But 
with that, this nation wasn't innocent. They mm. burned their children on altars to sacrifice to their gods. You know, but this is like not like we've talked about this a little bit. It's also called Moloch worship, but this is before Mol, uh, mm. Moloch stuff. This is the Midianites. Right. They burned their children alive as idol worship. So they're not innocent ones. So if God wanted to judge them and he wanted to use Israel to kill everyone but the virgins, then that's God's prerogative. You know, murdering children is a pretty serious thing. And the reason um, the virgins got to live, that people say is the virgins were innocent. You know, mm -hmm. it was the women who slept with the men who caused them to fall in idolatry and this whole bad thing happened. You know, so who, what was the first domino that fell? It was the women sleeping with the men. So God's like, hey, the virgins didn't deceive you. So don't kill them, kill everyone else. And I guess virgins back in the day um, in e ancient um, Near East times, virgins would wear certain garments of clothing so you could easily identify who the virgins are. So you weren't like guessing and randomly killing. It was very clear who hmm. not to kill, right? Um, so that's kind of my that's my explanation of it do you want to say anything no yeah yeah again for me like that's both the genocide aspect of it and the nephilim part just don't don't matter to like the the point he's trying to make like yeah trying to say that the father and yahweh are different and that christ is still god and the father is still god but yahweh is not yahweh is actually satan like oh my gosh like it just <laughs> the if you study the Old Testament, right, the idea of Satan evolves so much. Lucifer, the name is only mentioned one time, but obviously Satan is like, is a theme or a person that's mentioned throughout scripture, right? Different scholars debate whether he is one person or whether mm -hmm. the idea of, of Satan evolves into Lucifer and becomes like uh, a thing later on, or if he is the same yeah, person. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's out, right? a lot there, yeah. Or if it's just a theme of evil that is like being personified in Satan throughout um throughout the old testament so just like trying to to make these like large jumps and assumptions mm, it's so gnostic right like and for people who don't know like what gnosticism is it's like in in part gnosticism in part back in the day is just like a claim to its secret knowledge that's not everything gnosticism is i know i'm just kind of simplifying it part of what gnosticism was back in the first century is trying to claim like i have some secret knowledge that you don't know and you need to know it so that you can be mm -hmm. saved or you, should, you can mm -hmm. get into like the real knowledge right yeah and it's such like a gnostic thing to say because like mm, for so long we've had millions and millions and millions of christians who've studied the word of god and almost none of them have come to this conclusion right like you have to make probably so many none. jumps probably yeah, not. we don't make know for so certain, many jumps probably none and, and just disregard so much scripture to have this opinion, it's mind blowing, right? You would right. only do it to feel special, like to feel yeah. like Gnostic. The only and reason. they get some trendy views and stuff like that. But here, here's the thing, like you, I love that you said the Gnostic thing because when I was looking this up and, and exploring this topic, there was a website that defended this position that had the word Gnostic in it. Yeah, yeah. So you're not even Gnostic. being like, like you're very spot on when you say that. Yeah. <laughs> very spot yeah. on. Yeah, um, yeah, it just screams so Gnosticism. Yeah. So the big point he makes, right, is that Satan and it is Yahweh because of these two verses where in Second mm. Samuel it says that God provoked or enticed mm. David Yahweh, to right. go take a census. Yeah, Yahweh enticed mm. David to take a census. And then in First Chronicles it says Satan provoked David right. to take a census. So you can say, oh, they're the same. So Yahweh is Satan. So every time you see Yahweh, it's actually Satan. 
Yep. And it's like, there we go. Do Job when they're talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. But um, this oh. is actually pretty easily explained, and I really enjoyed researching it because I learned something that I didn't learn. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, so a couple of different explanations here. Uh, so why did God punish David for taking a census when he told him to? You know, mm-hmm. it seems like God's like, hey, go take a census. He's like, took the census. And then God's like, I'm not going to provoke my anger against you. And you can choose. And there, this was the result. God's like, hey, you took a census. Mm-hmm. And now I'm mad at you. You can either be attacked for three days by your enemies, go into a three-month famine, or you can have pestilence. And mm-hmm. David says, hey, like, I'd rather fall into the... the the judgment of God, which is more merciful than my enemies, let you decide. And God said, okay, mm-hmm. 70,000 are going to fall from Dan to Beersheba, which is, well, that's a whole nother thing we're going to get to in a second, Dan to Beersheba. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically the first thing is David probably didn't take the census in the way that he was supposed to. In mm-hmm. Deuteronomy, when they're given the law, it says, if you take a census, here's what you do. And there's steps that you were to take. And mm-hmm. David didn't follow those steps. So one, David disobeyed. You know, so there, that's strike one. Um, mm-hmm. Explanation one. How is Satan and Yahweh the same? Well, the word Satan really just means like adversary. Um, mm-hmm. And it's almost never used without the Hebrew equivalent of the. So mm-hmm. Satan is like the, it, it translates kind of more like the adversary. It's like ha Satan, whatever. So the adversary. Right. And only, I think only twice in the Old Testament is it only without the the and it just says adversary and it's like a title and the mm-hmm. other time that's not first chronicles is actually if you guys know the old testament there's a story where balaam that prophet who we were just mm-hmm. talking about he's riding to meet the king that is bad the meeting that king and his donkey keeps slamming him up against the wall and he's like mad at it and then the donkey talks and he's like, why are you not moving? The donkey's like, why are you hitting me? And they have this whole conversation. You're kind mm. of confused. Like, why are you not concerned? The donkey, donkey's talking. Come <laughs> to find out, it says the angel of the Lord was in the way of the donkey. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord acted as an adversary, as a Satan. You know, mm. the angel of the Lord acted as an adversary, but it's not translated Satan. There. It's translated right. adversary or, or whatever, blocking the way. Right. And so what you can see is the only time that Ha Satan is dropped and it's just Satan, it's used as an adversary to talk about the angel of the Lord. You can mm-hmm. pretty quickly explain First Chronicles by saying, okay, it seems like this could be applied in the same way that when it says right. Satan provoked him, it says the angel of the Lord provoked him. And oftentimes mm-hmm. the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is equivalent to God himself, probably Jesus, you know. Right. Um, right. So that's a very easy explanation, which took only a few Google searches and some scholarly articles to find out mm-hmm. that they can be both make sense and not lose right. the, the strength of the scripture. Right. Uh, you know? Right. Okay. So, so yeah, so the Lord acts as an adversary and also, uh, this is a more formed answer. If you don't like that, here's another explanation that people mm-hmm. go with. Oftentimes, the Lord will use the enemy, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him. He will sovereignly use him to accomplish his will of maybe punishing sin, you know, mm-hmm. or accomplishing his sovereign purposes is what like more reformed people would say, where in Job, the devil approaches Yahweh. So they're not the same and mm-hmm. um, says, Hey, I'm going to go mess with Job. And he says, I give you permission. Just don't kill him. Right. 
and wreaks havoc. So God accomplished his sovereign purpose through this. Mm -hmm. So even with that, which I don't like that, I think that's not the most true explanation of the contradiction. I think the Mm -hmm. most true explanation is the angel of the Lord thing that I was just talking about. But even if you want like the first easiest to understand thing, it's like God can use the enemy or use it to accomplish his will. So that's like another thing. Um, so that's that. Um, and then also I think the message there, cause someone did talk to me like coincidentally, the same passage, someone asked me about it and they're like, why did God kill 70,000 when David sinned? It seems like either mm-hmm. death's not that serious and maybe it's annihilation, maybe it's restoration or mm-hmm. like God is kind of being unjust. But I think what mm-hmm. we need to realize though, is that if anything, it's telling us how serious God takes leaders sinning. Mm-hmm. when leaders aren't going to follow God seriously, it's like, it has reason. It hurts the people around us. When we sin, it hurts the people around us. Just more reasons to not want to sin. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm talking so fast guys. I'm just really passionate. I hope you guys are able to keep up. No, it's good. Yeah. Um, but also for the Dan to Beersheba thing in my research, I did find a little bit of explanation, but I don't think it's very strong. So I'm going to tell you it. Cause you'll probably find it in your research, but, mm-hmm. I would just say do a little bit more research because I didn't go down that rabbit hole to explore. Um, mm-hmm. Usually Dan to Beersheba means like, so Dan was like the most Northern uh, tribe of Israel and Beersheba right. was at the South. And so it right, means right. like the whole land. It's this idiom to say the whole land. Right, yeah. right. Um, but also people have said that it wasn't always like that. And in the time of the judges, the people of Dan living, living in the tribe of Dan started doing idol worship. And Hmm. so someone speculated that, okay, even before the judges or before Kings, during the time of the judges, before David showed up on the scene, Dan was already engaging in idol worship. So they were Hmm. kind of incurring God's judgment. So maybe God used this to bring about his judgment on the people who were committing idol worship because Hmm. they had been incurring it on them for generations, which is an interesting thought. And like there, you can go back in judges and see, oh, and the land of Dan, they did this. And so that was like a pretty, I, I kind of like that explanation, but I want to explore that idiom and see if they're mm-hmm. using it correctly for their explanation. Um, if they yeah. are using it correctly, I think it could work. Um, so there's that. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. Rant. As you guys can see, it's clear I can't put this in a TikTok. It doesn't want to make it last. Right, so much information. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to say anything to that? Yeah, I mean, no matter what, like it's, he's combining so many um sort of difficult topics to to talk about and twisting all of them right to be controversial just to i think sort of use like a red herring against uh like people who'd want to fight against his argument of that yahweh is satan and the father Mm -hmm. is different i think the hardest thing to to prove in there for him would be where do you distinct the father from yahweh in the old testament yeah right so exactly. like i don't know how you would do that like you could say that in a couple of passages well i guess the, what he'd say is what he said at the beginning is that the bible's been twisted they didn't say who the bible's been twisted by or anything and he didn't provide he resources said, to go and find the truth right he just said like guess what the bible has like been perverted and actually yahweh is satan and then like my question is cool well, like where else is yahweh in the old testament where he is satan when he isn't satan and how do i know who's the father and who's not the father and then in that context why isn't it addressed in the new testament as well i'm just confused like at all Mm -hmm. of it Mm because it seems like you're just taking a couple of verses and loosely like putting them together instead of going with what the overarching theme of scripture seems to be yeah yeah and yeah so 
I agree with everything you said. It's just the biggest thing is like you just touched on the biggest thing where it's like, where did you get the idea that right. Yahweh and the Father are separate beings? Like, mm-hmm. there's no there's no historical thing like article right. to state that. There's right. no documents from early Christians to say that. Mm-hmm. It's like always Yahweh says, this is my name. This I am who I am. And he's mm-hmm. prophesied everything about Jesus that will come true. And it does come true. And then he says, right. and Jesus says, I and the father are one and the father being. And even the la- at the end, he said, the veil has been torn. You'll see who the real mm-hmm. God is. It's like, I, you just totally also obliterate that context. But yeah, even, even from, from Jesus to John, uh, from sorry, Jesus and John to like the burning bush, when Yahweh first reveals his name of I am to Moses, right? It's mm-hmm. Yahweh saying he is the I am to Moses. And then in, mm-hmm. in, uh, John, Jesus makes the same parallel for him being the I am. So Jesus is saying that he exactly. is in Yahweh. And so it doesn't exactly. make any sense that Jesus would exactly. be God, but also would be in Satan if Yahweh is Satan. Yeah. Um, I love that point. That's, I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. Amazing. Thank you, Derry. Um, so confusing. Continuing in our response, um, he says, quote, clearly Yahweh is a jealous God. The Bible tells us that really? love has no envy. Love has no jealousy. Um, like you don't even know what jealousy is in the Bible. Like how? Yeah. And this <laughs> so is what I, I, I didn't get to do this, but I wanted to, I'd be really curious about, so he's getting love has no envy and jealousy out of first um, Corinthians 13. It's mm-hmm. true. Uh, I'd be curious about what that word jealousy is and then see where it says God is a jealous God and see what that jealous word is mm-hmm. and see how they relate. That would be a good fun word study you can do. I didn't do it. Um, I just went with the ideas of the two. Cause I think I have a good explanation for that. Yeah. Um, so I, what I'm about to quote is from, I believe dictionary.com or some website that's about dictionary, um, whatever, but it says jealousy centers its negative focus on the person who has a thing that you don't while envy is more centered on the desire for the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so how do we pair why it's bad for us to be jealous, but God is jealous. Aren't we supposed to be like God? but God is mm-hmm. jealous, but I'm not supposed to be jealous. What, how does that work? Um, <clears throat> fair question. God can be jealous for you because you rightfully belong to him. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not a Christian, the nature of you being created means you belong to God. You know, mm-hmm. like a parent creates a baby, that baby belongs to the parents. God creates yeah. you. Everyone belongs to God. So God is mm-hmm. jealous for the people who aren't saved because they are his he owns them. He loves yeah. them. He wants them. And they're in the enemy's camp. So he, it's his property that someone else has that he's upset about. Right. And we cannot be jealous because, and this is how I understand it. Maybe Derek, you can have mm-hmm. some thoughts and whatnot, but how I understand is why we can't be jealous is because we don't own anything. When you're a Christian, when you're a Christian, everything you have and are is God's. You submit mm-hmm. everything to his lordship. So to, to be jealous as a human is to imply your claim on something when really God actually has claim on everything. So it's like, I shouldn't be jealous about anything because I own nothing. Nothing belongs to me. Mm-hmm. Everything that I have is a gift from God. Right. And so that's how I understand that. And we're also not supposed to be envious and I, God's not envious. The Bible doesn't say he's envious. So we mm-hmm. don't have to even answer that. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I think we're putting a lot of 21st century definitions on things that we don't necessarily understand, that we can understand, mm-hmm. to be fair. Um, also, I think there's different kinds of jealousy that are totally fine. Like, I think if you're jealous, like, of your wife because she's hitting on, like, some other guy, like, that's a good response. That's like, fair. You should, exactly. You that's should good. feel that way, right? And God should yeah. also feel the same way when we're, as his bride, doing something else, like, against yeah. him, right? We have the right to be yeah. jealous in that instance. So the what we need to talk about is what is the bad kind of, jealousy and is it more mm-hmm. of like an envy of like if i'm jealous of my friend who has like a car that i want like that car is not mine and i have no reason or right like to that car to be jealous for it right and yeah. so we shouldn't be jealous in that way just as god isn't jealous in that way yeah and i would say god's jealousy if we're using this definition is that it's like he's jealous for you and in, in uh, that's out of love that he has mm-hmm. negative feelings towards the sin that enslaves you and the devil who has you deceived, you know? Mm-hmm. And the whole thing about like Laura, right? My wife, it's like, that's so fun to say. I've been married for two weeks, guys. So it's like still fresh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, I would be jealous for Laura if something was going on because like she has given herself to me and I have given myself to her. The scriptures say mm-hmm. that the wife, like the Bible says, on like, I think it's first Corinthians 13. It says the hut, like, husbands your body's not your own it's your wife's wives your body's not your own it's your husband's Mm -hmm. you each own each other like you know like my body is laura's and her body is mine right and so i can't do what i want with it because it doesn't belong to me anymore i've given my body to laura so i can't go out and do what i want anymore and that's totally fine and beautiful and fun you know Mm -hmm. and like that's the beauty so in some sense we do have some right or claim on things in this uh, life to kind of redact what I was saying earlier, but only in a, in a way. when, yeah, yeah in, in the way that like the Bible permits, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that the Bible permits that I, or says that I don't have rights over, you know, yep. like my life. If God says to go be a martyr, I can't say no, I'm his. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, in this whole part, yeah, we already covered that. Okay. So this is, I think we talked about this also on the podcast. Um, I know, mm-hmm. Derry, you have some thoughts on this. Um, the Bible says that the father is evil while Yahweh created good or sorry, sorry, I messed up. The Bible says that the father is perfect while Yahweh created good and evil. Um, he's referencing Isaiah 45, seven, where God says he creates good and calamity or peace and calamity. Mm-hmm. Have, have we looked into that have we talked about that on the podcast um we have in the past i forget the exact study we did on it though i think i need to research more to remember what i what i thought about it yeah but there's lots of there's lots of contrasts in the old testament of yahweh existing in darkness and in light and it just does, it doesn't mean what we think it necessarily means of that god is the author of evil i don't think it's speaking to a philosophical sense if i'm trying to remember correctly mm-hmm. i don't think it's speaking to a philosophical sense of him creating like the the definitions of evil right right uh, i think it's more of like there are circumstances that god is allowed to create that have calamity in them but he can also exist in, in darkness and in light mm-hmm. it doesn't mean he's the founder of of like darkness right it just means that he, he can use whatever he wants to exactly and that's basically in line with what i was going to say it's like yes god does create this for the purpose of correction in a sense you know like mm-hmm. god will create bad or evil things from our perspective to get us back on track to what it means to follow Jesus. You know, like Mm -hmm. when Israel went into idol idol worship and they started abusing their people and exploiting the poor and sacrificing their children, God brought plagues against them, which Mm -hmm. which made them realize, Oh, we got to repent. And it turned them back to God 
and they started, they turned away from their sin, you know, yeah. in Isaiah and in Isaiah also, it says when the Lord judges the people repent. Mm-hmm. And so that calamity can be understood as like bad things that happen to us, but for corrective purposes. Yeah. Like some people say hell is for it's crazy. crazy so like all these things that he's saying it's just like a quick quick study um right to find some explanation don't be deceived by don't be overwhelmed and don't be deceived by the quick and confident statements he's making to entice you and get you questioning things that's everyone does that to try to like salespeople would do that it's a thing to try to get your emotions involved so you feel attached and then you, you give him authority because he sounds smart and your emotions right. just got jolted. Mm. And all of a sudden you're living on Lord Farquaad's ranch. That's by an airport. <laughs> oh, don't and do that. He's your cult leader. <laughs> we just talked in the last about, episode about loving our enemies, Derry. In his next episode, he reveals himself to be the father. Oh my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. And so the last thing he said, he's like, I don't even remember what he said, but I just remember, I was like, that doesn't, Oh, the veil being torn. I'm like, doesn't even make any sense what you're talking about because he's like and remember when the veil is torn we'll really find out who the real guy yeah is. i was like I'm what like, the heck are you talking about dude the veil There's was a clear torn. message in scripture for what that means and it's not what you're saying yeah so let's get into that for the last two minutes we have it, it means yeah. that you know the veil being torn means like in the temple where people would approach yahweh mm-hmm. lord god um yep. they would go into what's called the holies of holies once a year the high priest only one person could go in and yep. it was like the Holy of Holies because that's what it was. Like that's where the presence the of presence God of dwelt. God. Yeah. Like the literal presence of the Lord dwelt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was covered by a veil. And so when the veil is torn by Jesus's sacrifice, when Jesus is on the cross, he says it is finished and the veil tears. That signifies that now the presence of the Lord is out and mm-hmm. available to be accessed by everyone. You no longer have to do all these things to like, ceremonially get clean to approach him you can now just approach him boldly and it's a beautiful message of like wow we we have we can have like we we, can be with the father we can be forgiven our sins can like it's happened this is it this is like the good Mm -hmm. news of of jesus is why we are so excited as christians is like you and i can approach jesus through repentance and forgiveness and faith and grace and we can just exist there and like know him because his presence is available and he actually says he puts his Holy Spirit in us. So that same literal presence now comes inside of us. Yeah. It's amazing. Yep. Pretty cool. Yep. The Bible's neat. And it's not crazy corrupted like this guy thinks it is. Yeah. And be careful, guys. The Bible talks a lot about how there's going to be wolves in sheep's clothing trying to deceive. And this guy is, I mean, come on. You know, I got to go far to see that he is. He's that. Yeah. And I don't like saying that very often because I, I, I want to be careful that word. But thanks for watching this quick episode as we did some responses. Hope you guys found some value in it. If you did, go ahead, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Um, We're on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Patreon. If you guys want to support, like we said in the last episode, all the money goes into the podcast to make uh, better quality, better production um, Mm. for you guys. Um, And we appreciate every dollar that we get from you guys. So thank you for those who've been giving for a while. Ote, peace out. See ya.